This is for all the people that don't know if they can rap, but they do it anyway. See, this is what you do. You just get on the microphone and spit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Listen. What's up, motherfuckers? I'm just here, out trying to rap. Ain't got a fucking map. Nah, man. No map for me. That's all right. I've just got three people on my mind. Don't know who to talk about. Don't know who to sign. This shit is kind of dope. This man's got no smoke Except the shit in his lungs <sighs> Marijuana That's right son I'd be smoking that shit I'm right son Sounds like a plan man You come with me Go to the back and smoke some weed That's right Just come along You'll have fucking bomb Bomb ass time Bomb ass weed what more do you fucking need? That's right, you stick with me, then I'll take you to see the fly isn't over. <laughs> <laughs> Scheiße. Dude, this beat is fire though. Okay then. And we back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. People of all kinds, shapes, and sizes, how are we doing? I'm pretty good. I hope uh, most of you are not so stressed out by your exams or end-of-term time. I have one exam in a week's time, or in six days. Then I'm out of here, going back home, California for a couple, or for three weeks will be fun, and so I'm not too stressed at the moment, which I know probably to a lot of you are like, oh, good for fucking you. Well, it is good for me, so you're right. <laughs> now, uh, well, you know what? I've had bad um, exam periods, just the luck of the draw, classes I'm taking, it happens, you know? So, why am I even in here right now, guys? I ask myself that every time. I just have some things on my mind. Well, to start it off, I have a would you rather. Would you rather... So say you just got out of a, you know, nice pool or a ocean swim. Not cold ocean, like nice ocean. But you want a towel. It's kind of windy outside, a little cold. Would you rather have a small, clean towel... Or a large, dirty one? That's the question. Because I faced this decision um, basically earlier today. I'm going to the aquatic center after this. So I'm wondering what you guys think. I opted for the small, clean towel. Because I like to be clean, man. You don't want, like, pieces of hair and, like, dust and dirt and shit, like, rubbing it on you while you're already wet. That does not sound fun. But a small little clean one, although it's kind of annoying, like, doesn't do the job, doesn't really cover you, like, you kind of have to use it like a rag, and, like, you dry yourself down in the fucking, in the bathroom. But, you know what? It's clean, so I'd rather do that. Tell me what you think. 
like, comment, subscribe <laughs> in the comments below. I guess you can if you want. I don't know. Oh, yeah, there's comments on SoundCloud, isn't there? Isn't there? Um, so. Oh, okay, I have another. I have a big question for ya. I've been thinking about the, like, psychological effects of going through adversity. Like, tr like trauma, basically. Like, small... No, just, like, traumatic events, you know, that happen to you. People die, or uh, people move away, or whatever, you know? People get sick. Like, it's just these things that happen. Or, like, physical things. Or just, like, hard times in general. So, like, what is the psychological benefit of lifetime adversity? And if that sounds like the name of a scientific paper, that's because it is. Isn't that crazy? They actually did a study on it. So I, yeah, I looked it up. And there's, like, a National Institute of Health study. And basically they found that people who had had faced a low amount of it. It was it was what's called a inverted U-shaped curve. So if you imagine a curve where psychological benefit is on the y-axis and exposure to trauma is on the x-axis, draw an upside-down U or like a parabola. And basically that's the curve of what, like, what amount of exposure to trauma you need to get the psychological benefit so in other words very low like no to nothing to tiny amounts of exposure to adversity doesn't do anything for you because in facing future tasks you're not capable to you don't have the skills to the wherewithal the skills you've never dealt with it before to keep a level head and understand that just shit happens in life sometimes and it's, it's very difficult for you to sort of make sense of it. Whereas if you have too much trauma, then you're just constant. It's like a PTSD victim. Like you're constantly on edge. You're constantly looking around. You're constantly looking over your shoulder. And so every single little movement that happens, uh, you flinch basically. Whereas the middle exposure, like happy medium, that's where you got the most psychological benefit. So if someone had faced adversity, had known what to do, or no, had 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 to face adversity before, and then when faced with it again in the future, those people had the ability for resilience. That's sort of what they were measuring, is the psychological construct called resilience, which is basically like how, what I was talking about before, like how willing or how able are you to bounce back after a big traumatic event happens in your life and so the per the people with uh exposed to the most or the middle amount of trauma incurred that benefit because they, they knew what what this kind of thing has happened to them before so they could sort of rationalize it a little bit more they, they have the skills of the tools to keep going and they know that they did last time so that's what you do this time and you just have faith and i think that's a really interesting point right like everyone or a lot of people i think especially older generations always talking about how the younger generation doesn't work anymore and they don't their lives are easy and soft and in some respects it's very true but in other respects it's not like we have a completely different 
set of challenges and uh, our consciousness is just way different. Um, but I know it'll happen to the, like my generation will say that about the next generation and so on and so forth. It's just kind of what humanity does. Every single next, back in my day, you know, kids knew what respect was. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think that's just an interesting thing to think about. I was thinking about this because I was just really intrigued by, uh, I was just thinking recently of these ultra distance marathon runners who run, you know, up to like hundred miles, like 200 kilometers, some crazy, like there was a race called the Bigfoot 200, which is 250 miles or something. So like there's actually athletes that like train and volunteer voluntarily do this. And it's just like, why? It's like cycling or, you know, they're one of these like, like long distance, crazy endurance sports. It just pushes you. And it's basically who can endure the most suffering for the longest. And that's basically who wins. And it's like, damn, I, I, like, why is that in our, in our species, you know? I, I mean, I get it. I guess, like, ultimately, we're just all trying to distract from our inevitable deaths. So we're like, okay, anything we can get really into. We, but, like, I wonder why specifically, like, pushing yourself to the brink of, like, I don't even know, annihilation. Like, literally, fit. like, I can't imagine running 250 miles. Like, running, you would just be so, yeah. I've just been intrigued with that kind of stuff. Like, but I wonder if those people psychologically, like how they, I wonder if they're all very like successful or I wonder if they're all very, like, I wonder if they have low incidences of other mental health. I feel like that's a mental health thing though. <laughs> if you're running hundreds of miles, I don't know. I just feel like you're putting so much energy into something that's like actually pretty bad for your body. Like, you shouldn't be doing that regularly, but it's just what people do. It's just what they take things to the extreme. They're like, I wonder if we can do this. Like the two-hour marathon was broken recently. And it's like for the longest time. Now they'll think that okay, well, to get the I've heard you know below one fifty-five or something like it's not humanly possible. Like everything has to be perfect. But then like someone's gonna come around and probably break it. You know like. I don't know though. Two hour marathon is fucking insane. Fuck. People are crazy, man. I really, really yeah. I think athletic achievement is a is a like a Ooh, what is athletic achievement? It's like a unifier of people. Like maybe because we're all human we we kind of respect respect it right like if it's just a body doing something we all have bodies that do things but some people are just so focused that they can do things that are just un unbelievable so i wonder if that's <laughs> yeah i never really deconstructed sport i feel like yeah sport is really interesting though it's like simulation of war bunch of stuff in there Hmm. Well, would you rather have a small clean towel or a large dirty one? 
It's more clean, baby. Um, whoa. So yeah, basically, is the is there a truth in the truism? Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. According to that paper, yes, to some degree, but then it can get too dicey. You go way off the rails. Get silly. Hey. <laughs> Makes sense, though. Like inoculating yourself of stress. Um, I was talking to my friend Case the other day, and he was saying how we were talking about how I, so I bored for the very first time. And I was just talking to him how fucking terrifying it was. Because he's, he's a kickboxer. He competed and stuff. And so he was saying how, like, it kind of gives... It is like inoculating yourself for future stress. Because it's like, no one in real... Like, whatever the situation, you have a test coming up. You have a paper due. You have a project. You have a presentation. You have a, an interview. Whatever. Like, they're not going to be trying to punch you in the face. Which is like what, you know, does happen in, in sparring. And so it's like, I don't know, it's almost this great uh, perspective uh, enhancer. It's like, listen, is anyone trying to hit you right now? No? Ah, oh, then you're fine. <laughs> like, why are you worrying? And it, it's so true. Like, it's, uh, yeah, I've only done it once again. And it was, yeah, man, getting hit in the face is not fun. I mean, you do, like, get into it, and your adrenaline goes, and they like, kind of forget about it. But, like, man, I was just wired up. Like, I was so, uh, yeah, shit. Afterwards, I was just, like, so wired. And, I, you know, we, like, ate food. But then I just like, couldn't really do anything. I just had to, like, kind of chill, try to calm down, do some reading or something. But, man, yeah, it was a strange time. But it was cool. I mean, I'll, maybe I'll do it again. My, my friend Ale definitely wants me to. But we shall see. I feel like it's not so good to get hit in the face. Even if it's lightly. Like, I don't think it's so good for you. I don't know. Even afterwards, I thought I was a little bit slower the next day. Just a little bit. Just kind of jog behind. Then after that day, it was fine. But I don't know. I got hit behind the ear a couple times, so I think that's probably why. The motherfucker doesn't know what, what he's doing, how to control himself. But that's okay. Ali fucking knocked his ass <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Basically, this guy was just wildly swinging at you. He just, like, didn't really know how to control himself. And so when he spawned with Ali, Ali just kind of banged. Banged him with the left hook in the kind of jaw, like, ear. And just smacked him. And he dropped. But I think he was fine. <laughs> he wasn't knocked out. He was just knocked down. So, it's boring. Yeah. So, I don't know. The fact that people do that for a fucking living is insane. Like, man. Just taking physical damage is your job. And delivering physical damage, too, is your job. But, like, fucking hell. Like, not many jobs where you just go to work and it's like kind of guaranteed you're gonna get fucked up <laughs> maybe like football player some other athletes but fighting is yeah man boxing or anything crazy crazy man 
But again, it's that same thing I was talking about. It's just like that drive for people to succeed. Does it all come from an angst of our deaths? That's what philosophers say. And I don't know. I guess it probably does, right? Because if we just sat, sat in a room and we don't have shit to do, that's what we inevitably think about, maybe. I don't know about that, though. Do you? Not many people contemplate death, I feel like. I didn't at all until, like, I don't know. I feel like you don't until at all until someone you know dies that's close to you. Then you think about it a little bit. But, like, all those philosophers, they say, like, it's a different thing to think about your death when other people die. You should think about it sort of independent of them. Like, because to live is to die. To live is to die. Which is interesting. It's the thing, another commonality of all creatures and beings and everything is it lives and then it dies. So it's like we live in. Not many things are like completely unique, you know. Like we can ha- like we can have a basic idea of how we think other people operate in the world. Okay, I, I live in Vancouver. They live in Vancouver. They kind of have a similar idea, but no one knows what it's like for them when they die. Just like you, that's what uh this man Heidegger says. So like, death is this unique thing. I don't know, (laughs) I didn't mean to make this so morbid, but you can't really talk about death without being morbid, you know? Maybe we just have a weird uh, taboo around it. I mean, it sucks, but it's like the most fundamental part of life, which is not talked about at all. Yeah, interesting. Well, in living towards death you have to live for now guys i'm a motivational speaker but but it's it's all you can do man it's all you can do you got this and that's it you got your present subjective awareness and that is fucking amazing if you think about it like think about how every single like beauty only exists because you exist to perceive it light has like that's so incredible the only reason that you can appreciate anything is because you're conscious and we have to take that for what it is not to take it for granted to be thankful for it just the fact that you can perceive anything is kind of a mindfuck and you know it's happening to you and you have this idea of yourself like whoa (laughs) Crazy man. So I'm reading this book, The Brothers Karamazov, and there's a portion of it called The Grand Inquisitor. I might have talked about this before. But anyways, Jesus, so it's like a poem that this brother says to the other brother, not a poem, like a story. And he talks about how Jesus comes back during the uh when they burned all the people what is it called the grill the spanish inquisition <laughs> that's what it's called jesus comes to spain sevilla during the spanish inquisition and first thing he does is he heals uh a 
blind person so they can see, and then he raises a girl from the dead. And when he does this, everyone goes crazy, and the Grand Inquisitor, the head of the church in Sevilla, basically interrogates him and takes him into the dungeon and asks him, why that? Why are you here? Why do you hinder us? Why are you here to halt our progress, is what he asks him. Like, what do you think you're doing? And he says, before you say anything, you can't talk because everything you said, you already said in the Bible, and therefore if you change any of that, or if you say anything more, then you go against your initial word, and therefore you cannot say anything. So he just sits and listens to Jesus, or to the Grand Inquisitor basically talking to him. And he asks him about his time in the desert when he's getting tempted by the devil. And the first thing that, uh, so he's he goes to the desert. I don't really know why he's in the desert. Uh, maybe to prove his faith or something. It's what Lent is from. But anyway, Jesus is in the desert 40 days and 40 nights. And in, during that time, he gets tempted by the devil. The devil says to him, See those rocks over there, man? Why don't you just turn those into loaves of bread? And then you can give those all the bread to the the humans, and then you can basically enslave them because if they have sustenance, they'll worship you. And you giving it to them, they'll you know you can do whatever you want. And he says no. He says humans don't live by bread alone. He says you need you know you need spiritual food as well as physical food. And that you can only follow Jesus. You should only follow Jesus if you really want to follow him. And it's out of your own will. Your own volition. And so basically, the Grand Inquisitor asks Jesus if he regrets that decision. Because only a small minority of people can say no to the bread and then find Jesus through their own, their own spiritual journey or whatever. But the question really he's asking is man wants to put his freedom in something. Like man does not want to figure it out for themselves and take the hard road and find out sort of their path. They want to be told what to do. They want to be taken care of. If someone takes care of you, you're not going to ask any questions. You're not going to... You're just going to be like, oh, okay, thanks for the bread, man. Basically, he says, like, although mankind, like, values its freedom above all, above everything, as that's what makes us the most human, paradoxically, we are frantically searching for the for a purpose, for a reason for living. Like, why are we here? We're given this freedom for something, so we've got to do something with it. And so he says what we're looking for, what humans look for, is this some indisputable truth that all of humanity must bow to. So how can we find something that nobody can reject, that nobody can say no, that is indisputable? And so we something we can all collectively live for and give up that freedom. So he asks, like, basically he's saying to Jesus, you had that chance to give to, to be that indisputable truth, and you gave it up. Whereas the church na- then stepped in, in your place, and basically hijacked the uh, like humans. We basically, through giving them their bread, by telling them everything's going to be okay, there's an afterlife, uh, you can get out of sin by paying us money, 
like because now they have enslaved mankind with mystic with miracle mystery and authority and he says that's what jesus gave up gave up in the desert so i wonder about that question right like that that sort of freedom that we're frantically trying to put into something and and something meaningful something indisputable we're all looking for something we can contribute to interesting i need to pee pause and i'm back so yeah my question is do you guys agree with dostoevsky do you agree that we fundamentally look for some indisputable truth that we can collectively unite humanity toward and put all of our effort into it and then we don't have to worry about the futility of our existence because I think it's pretty spot on so and again in other words you're trying to distract yourself from death that's what we're doing that's what we're doing we're trying to look for something to we're trying to look for something to put our life into ooh so he says, yeah, religion is one thing to do, I guess. But now we don't really do that, right? Like, um, people aren't, people don't turn to religion for answers anymore. At least, um, my generation. I don't know anybody that's still quote-unquote religious. Unless they're Mormon, then I know them. Then I know of some people. But now we have to look for meaning in the shit we do or in our creative outlet. You gotta just find something. Follow it. Hopefully it works out. And if not, you came along for a pretty good ride anyway. Right? Meaning of life. Right here. Brought to you by Sam and the gang. The gang of thieves. I don't know. I don't have a gang of thieves. Kind of wish I did. Um, okay, well, I'll uh, close it out the way I came in. With a little freestyle. Stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, More rap for the men who can't rap. That's why I'm out here, son. And I ain't got no gun, son. That's okay. I'm unarmed, yeah, man. But I have a bond of money in my hand. That's right, man. Yeah band of money I'm so funny just listen to my flow this shit is going to blow watch me as I go and who's that it's your hoe oh hey bitch come with me let's go and smoke some weed 
you have some fun times in the back of my Hyundai. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, get in front of a microphone and just talk. You know, some people seek out hardship. Some people try to live as easy as they can. But the answer, the real true answer, lies somewhere in the middle. Either I'm somewhere in the middle, man, just trying to do what I can do. I need to take a poo. Yeah, just being honest. Alright, man, here we go. Down the road, with some blow, with some mo, same cho, mo salah, the man in bra. Okay, man, listen, bitch. Motherfucker, don't you fucking quit. Keep going. Down that road, keep flying, man, you got hoes. They're coming down the street. Oh shit, they look kinda beat That's alright man They your hoes They're beat but that don't matter Yeah Just Just roll with it Uh huh Yeah Listen up the fuck